My TVs are destroyed. I have no more windows. And Stacey Abrams has pulled a Joe Biden and the aftermath of the raid of Mar-a-Lago. You're watching the Propaganda Reports Drive Time News Blast. I'm Brad Binkley. Joining me today is the host of the Mad Ones podcast, Cam Harless. Cam, tell us about what your show is tomorrow night. Oh, tomorrow night is is going to be fun. Uh, we're going to talk to a uh, a guy who's working on his PhD in theology about his case for why women should be uh, leaders and pastors in churches too, which a lot of people disagree with. I don't know if you knew that. So it should be really. It should be I, you fun. know, I, you, you say that. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen a woman preacher in person. Yeah, I I haven't. I, well, in person, I I never have. Um, Wait. Yeah, no. Uh, but I have noticed when certain churches do it, a lot of other weird stuff starts rolling out as well. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm not settled on the issue. I want to hear the I want to hear the argument. You know, you know, you say that I was going to start with something else, but this actually rolls in from that perfectly. The only that comes to mind anyways, because of the work that I do and the research that I do, the, the female pastor that comes to mind is. Stacey Abrams' mother, and the clip in the audio that I found a couple of years ago that exposed that Stacey Abrams had burned as an activist the Georgia flag, pretending to want to get rid of the Confederate symbol, even though there was already a movement ongoing to get rid of it, and that Democrats, the Democrat governor, the Democrat black chief of police, begged her activist group to stop when she was at Spelman. She sabotaged the effort to remove it by pretending to to try and like get it removed by burning the flag. I, I revealed that through a clip that I found on an obscure Christian website of her mom giving a sermon and her mom laughing, saying, my daughter burned that flag on the Capitol. I don't think they know that. And I was like, oh, what? And Do you have that? I have it on, on my other computer. I do. Yeah. We played it on WSB and... Seriously, I knew that nobody had revealed this because I looked at the Google search trends and I, 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 tried, I could not find this information anywhere else except I found news articles from like 1993 or 94 when she was at Spelman. And I found articles about her activist group, which led the, the, the Rodney King riots burning down the surrounding areas. Stacey Abrams is a con artist and, and she has been part of a group that advocated violence. Make no mistake about it. Right. She seems like she's innocent. What she is absolutely not. She, she is a fraudster. One of the biggest oh. con artists that you will ever see. Stacey Abrams. I don't know why anyone would look at her and think peaceful because she doesn't look like that woman in those movies that you see that like exude comfort. She looks, that woman looks like she slept can I say the the B word and it not be explicit? Sure. Okay. I mean, I just want to know. Uh, earmuffs. earmuffs. Yeah, we she earmuffs. looks like she'd slap, she slapped a bitch in the past. Like She Stacey does not Abrams look like... looks like she has some cucky male servants that when she walks in the room, fan her down, and then she molest when the lights go off. That's what she comes off to me as. Okay, Everything she says is a lie. And she has done nothing to help the black community. She's actually implemented law, or she wrote laws as a attorney for the the uh, Fulton County, or the Atlanta government, that was decried as being anti-homeless, as making being poor 
is criminalizing it. Then she runs on a platform of decriminalizing homelessness years later. She's a complete con artist, but I found that clip. We played it, and seriously, within minutes of playing it on WSB, probably about 20 minutes, they had already created a narrative online on Twitter saying this emerged randomly on social media that Stacey Abrams burned a flag and her campaign at the time, because this is when she was running for governor in 2018. That's when it was. It was in 2018. They said, well, what Stacey did was she actually, she stood up against, she, she spoke out against the Confederate symbol on the flag and then the flag got it. It removed it. It changed it. No, that's not what happened. That's not really what happened. Actually, they were already going to change it and her Effort sabotaged it, and she and her group was accused by the Democrat governor at the time of sabotaging the effort. They begged her to stop. She sabotaged the effort because they need issues to run on. Without the issues yeah. to run on, they are nothing. So these activists, and you can read it in Solinsky's book, Rules for Radicals, you must make sure that those issues persist. Otherwise, you have nothing to make your issue. And that is what she did. And they tried to pretend that she was a civil rights hero when we revealed this. I'm like, really? If she truly was the one who had that symbol removed from the flag, would that not have been her main platform that she ran on? Yes, it absolutely would have. So it's absolute (laughs) BS. And it was just extraordinary how quickly the New York Times and her campaign jumped on it and tried to flip it. It was seriously within about 30 minutes before the show ended. It was crazy. And when friends of mine expressed, my progressive theater friends, expressed their love of Stacey Abrams, I'm like, I don't think you understand. She has literally effed me. And flipped, like, in from, not, not, not literally, I shouldn't say that, no way, absolutely ever, but, yeah. but, but I, I, metaphorically, she has effed me in that she lied, she took a story, they said it emerged on social media, and she just completely flipped the truth about, I have firsthand experience of her being a fraudulent con artist liar, and friends of mine are like, oh, Stacey Abrams is great, I love her, she was, no, she doesn't, she doesn't care about you, she doesn't care about the people you think she cares about, she's a fraudster, she's a con artist, and she continued her con today on social media, because... She's got COVID, man. <laughs> Stacy's got COVID, and she announced this on social media today. Here was her statement. It's very Joe Biden-like in her statement. She said, where is it exactly? Let me see. Okay, so yeah, she tests positive for coronavirus. From the AJC, they say the Democrat nominee for governor, she tested positive for COVID-19 after she delivered a major economic policy speech at a downtown Atlanta brewery. And then she tweeted... This morning, she said, this morning I took my daily COVID test and tested positive for COVID-19. Before my speech yesterday, I tested negative because we know she would never intentionally put anybody in jeopardy. Of course, she would never do that. Uh, So she tested negative. Then she said, today I'm experiencing mild symptoms and I'm grateful to have been vaccinated and boosted. She's grateful. Give me more boost. Give me more vaccinations. And then she followed that tweet up by saying this. She said, I'll be spending the next few days at home meeting with folks by Zoom and by phone, working hard to win this race for all Georgians. I look forward to getting back on the road and meeting folks across Georgia soon. I don't know what the what the period of 
confinement or of uh, uh, being quarantined is now. Apparently, it's not very long, but she's making sure she's staying there. It's almost like we're going to see this trend of politicians doing the Joe Biden where they test positive and they withstand. They strongly continue working, fighting for the democratic values, even though they've been hit with with, with the cove. And I wonder if she's going to claim some victories and people are going to be like, Stacy was locked up with COVID and she still was able to do this. Let's get look, Stacy is like six foot 12 and uh, she would be my number. If I were picking a football team, I'd pick her first. Okay. She, she, it's going to take a lot of COVID to take down Stacy. And, and I don't believe for a second that, that she's in any, I don't believe she has COVID. I think it's a lie. I, I it really frustrates me because I know so many people <laughs> who like Stacey Abrams and I know that she's Ow. a artist and I know that she's Ow. a fraud. I have friends of mine that have si- Stacey Abrams for governor signs in their yard and they're nice people. And I'm just like, I don't understand. You don't know her, but you know me. And I tell you these things and you shake your head and you say, yeah, but then you still, I'm like, what, what if I told you somebody stabbed me in the eye it, it, and then you put a sign for that person Say, vote for the, that person. She didn't stab me in the eye, but I'm trying to tell you she's lying to you. She is a liar. She's a big, in multiple ways, liar, Stacey Abrams is. And I, I just look for this theme. Look for this theme because the whole thing was Joe Biden pulled off the best week of his life while he was in COVID confinement. Unbelievable. And now we see Stacey Abrams doing the same thing. I don't like her. And they also said, this is a statement from her public relations person they said she tested positive she does daily testing that's what stuck out to me pcr she does not do pcr testing daily f you stacy nobody's even if she does does that not just show how crazy she is (laughs) right either way so either she's lying or she's just insane that's a fantastic point i I don't believe for a second that these democrats are sitting at home going well, it's nine o'clock. Let me shove something up my nose, up to my brain. See if I've, no, you're so full of it. And it's just extraordinary. So if you watch Stacey Abrams speeches, um, I don't, I know you don't, but <laughs> so she, there's multiple Stacey Abrams. I was talking about her mom, right? And so that sermon, I should find that on my other, other computer. Cause I cut a bunch of clips for it. And I never played all of them. It was the most racist sermon I've ever heard in my life. I'm serious. The, the sermon was basically, you're not a Christian unless you act out, unless you take action against the white devil. I mean, that was basically the premise of her entire sermon. I was just shocked listening to this. Like, this is not a Christian. This is a racist who was up yeah. here speaking, calling for action uh, against another race. It was unbelievable. And laughing about how her daughter conned a bunch of people. And it was really, it was like the most obscure website. It's probably not, it probably doesn't exist anymore. But yeah, there's no way she's doing this, and, and I, I forgot where I was going with that. You, 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 whenever, here's, if you ever want to trigger me, just say the word <laughs> Stacey Abrams. That's all you got to do. Dude, she does not look like a person that, like, I, I mean, I don't like to harp too much on looks. I What am I saying? I do. I love it. I love a funny-looking person. I like a goofy-looking person. Um, but no, she's I mean... She's strategically she, goofy-looking, goofy though. She is very strategic. It, like, she is perfect. She's immune from criticism by the way she looks. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I, I used to love Stacey Abrams. Um, I really she loved did. her in... Um, did you ever see the movie Heavyweights? Is that like a boxing movie or just... No, it's a, it's, it's a movie about a bunch of... of young boys who go to a fat camp and um in this fat camp um there's this have you ever heard of a blob 
I've heard of Stacey Abrams. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. There's a blob. <laughs> I'm, I'm explaining this joke to you because you don't understand it. Um, but no, there's a blob. It's this big inflatable thing. And one kid uh, jumps on the thing and goes to the other end. Another one, a fatter dude, jumps onto the other end and it shoots it them into shoots the air. Up in the air yeah. And I was just saying, you know, I really appreciate that she took it like a man and played the blob in that movie. She, I mean, she would do an excellent job of that. And we know that she's president of the world because she was in Star Star Trek. And you should know, Stacey Abrams, she got accepted to an exclusive high school as an actress. That's as an she actress. Was a, yes, as an actress. So she was accepted as an actress, and then she shifted to politics. I'm not saying Stacey's not smart. I think that Stacey Abrams is very smart. There's yeah. no doubting her ability there. Uh, what I, yeah, I remember what I was saying earlier is there so if go. you see Stacey Abrams speaking on CNN doing interviews, that's when she's not good at all. She has not mastered that skill right. at all. She's very it, obviously not genuine. But when you see her speaking to her activist group, so if you really want to see who Stacey Abrams is, and this is what made me think of the clip of her mom because you see who her mom is and her dad. And by the way, her mom and her dad both got uh, theology scholarships to Emory University when they were in their 40s after their daughter had been accepted to exclusive activist programs and they ran around the same circles as as the Black Panthers as so they were, well, they were I mean, in, they, they'd have to because yes. the I mean the the idea of the white devil concept I mean it's not necessarily I mean all I, Black I proved Panthers, this on but, the show like this is proven I know this for a fact like I, I sh- showed this on older shows they definitely have done this this is what her well, origin yeah. is but I'm just saying, like the 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 whole concept of white devils in any way, even if she didn't use the term, that that stems from um, not black Hebrew Israelites. Um, what are they? Nation of Islam, right? No, dude, like she is. Yes, she is very. They are very. They ran in those same circles. She yeah. spoke at one of his. I think it's like the 25th anniversary of his march on Washington. She was one of the speakers at the nation, one of these Nation of Islam events. Uh, wait, when she she was big when she was in college, man. She's always done activism tricks uh, yep. to boost her career, starting from when she was in not not when she was in college. Actually, when she was like a kid, like your speeches of her at these just at these rallies that are just like, wow, this stuff is kind of crazy. And another person whose circles that she ran in was uh, Jesse Smollett's family. They all ran in the same activist circles. Jesse Smollett's family is a comes from a family of activists. What he did was an activist act. That, that, yeah. that was where that came from. And well, they all I think ran it was in the also, same circles. I also think for him, it was sure it was an activist act, but I think other than that, if it he really wanted to rejuvenate his career and put himself on a pedestal. It's like, you know, all those people who now will claim there's no reason why Colin uh Kaeper- Kaepernick is in a uh, starting QB somewhere when everyone who watches the sport, not the people who are activists or political say he's not a very good QB. They're like you're a racist. Then if you say that, right. And, um, and that's what I've heard from literally everyone that I've talked to that's big into NFL is they're like, even the ones who like were down with the knee thing. And so I think that's what Jesse Smollett was doing. I think he was trying to make him make a name for himself because on what not entourage what was the name of it. Empire records. Empire was going to end and he was not going to have anywhere to go after that. Right. And and I, it was just so interesting looking into his background because him and Stacey Abrams parents, they, they were in the same black Panther circle and and they, these, they grew up learning how to do activism. Stacey's dad 
would send her. So there was this one story. So Stacy would tell all these stories, and she'll tell them again about how she was oppressed when she was younger. And anybody with a brain that says, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's a few holes in this story. I have some questions. Would realize she's completely full of it. One yep. of the stories being that she learned how you know people don't treat bl- black people right. They're, they're oppressive to black people when she was in the fifth grade, and she won a writing contest at her school, and, and she went to go get the award. And the rules of the award, like you can find this information. It's like seated in her stories, and you can actually find it uh, from the, the school and stuff, where that you had to go. It's a, it was a cash prize that she won. And to receive a cash prize, you have to show your ID, right? And you have to prove who you are. And so her dad would intentionally send her inside to, the, to this place without an ID as like a 10-year-old. And when they said, hey, we need to see your ID so we can prove who you are to give you the money that you won, that was the oppression. And that's her story. They needed to see my ID. I'm like, yeah, right. because your dad sent you in there knowing that they would that would cause a conflict. All he had to do, it doesn't matter if you were black or a woman. Any kid who went in there and said, give me my money, they're going to say, hey, kid, prove who you are. But she turned that into some racist oppression against black people and women. And it's just a, and and anybody who just like like has like seriously one brain cell left can see through that. Her whole story about going to the the governor's capital, this is what she ran on, that she knew that she was treated differently when she was valedictorian in her school. And she went to the, 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 they have the valedictorians, they host them at the Georgia governor, the governor mansion, and they do a dinner for them. And and the governor, by the way, at the time was a Democrat. And she knew that her family, who was walking, got off the bus and walked up to the, to, to the house, the governor's house, they, got, they were not let in. The police officers did not want to let them in because they rode a bus and they were black. So that presumes that she was the only black valedictorian. That's, that she was, which was not true. There were other black valedictorians that year. There were other black valedictorians previously. The, the governor's staff, they completely refuted her story. She had no evidence of proving any of it, yet that was her entire campaign platform. That was how she connected to the oppressed, the people who haven't been recognized. It was all BS. And her name would be at the top of the list. It would be at the top of the freaking list. It's Abrams. It's all a lie, and nobody in the AJC ever questioned it because there are a bunch of cucks who suck off the knobs of the World Economic Forum and the Google News Initiative, and it pisses me off. I used to like the I've been in the AJC probably like 10 times, and I, I, and I, I despise them at this point. Yeah. It's just, they used to be so good, but then they brought in this new guy, this globalist guy, and now the, the guy who runs it, he shows up at the World Economic Forum. He's a mouthpiece. They're so bought and paid for. I showed this on an XR. I'm getting worked up again. Had all the stuff we we're going to talk about. And all you had to say was Stacey Abrams, Cam. That's all you had say to it. say. I, I, I just said women in power, essentially. It's so angry. Dude, just, I can't even drive off. through Atlanta. I drive through Atlanta. I see Stacey Abrams sign. I just want to drive into a brick wall because I'm just like, ah. What was my, what was my, who was my person the other day where I just went off? Oh, Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney. Oh God, I hate Dick Cheney. But we don't, have to, Abrams, we don't have to rehash. One we don't have to same. rehash. They are one in <laughs> the same. Okay, so uh, that was that's that became the top oh, story of the day for us. I do I do have an idea though. Um if for a patron only event, which is we get Stacey Abrams books and we read them 
out loud to the patrons. What do you think? Little I th- erotica. I think that's a good idea. Well, are oh, you talking about her? Because she yeah. has an alias. Stacey Abrams literally has an alias, Selena Montgomery, and she writes romance novels and spy novels. She was on Seth Meyers' show. Seth Meyers, such a very unbiased comedian, and, and just so them. very funny, just so hilarious. I mean, he makes Colbert look like Richard Pryor with, with the level of humor. And you know how I feel about <laughs> Colbert. But she was on his show, and, and Abrams said, "I like to write characters." that I think I would be in another life if I wasn't doing what I was doing. And she was talking about a spy character and she literally has an alias. And I'm like, how do you not stop and say, wait a minute, but nobody ever stops and says, they're like, oh, okay, oh, yeah, whatever. They, they just go on with it. And yeah, Selena Montgomery. I was going to say her other books though. Now, and again, I don't like Stacey Abrams. I think she's smart. I, I think she does know what she's doing. Her other books that are not the, the fiction books, they are or not the fantasy fiction books, they, they are about activism. Like she, like reading her books are actually useful because it helps you understand how she mobilizes and brainwashes people into her activist work. She's like a cult leader, basically. And she, she thanks George Soros at the beginning of her activist books. I mean, it, it's expressly there. George Soros gave her like $10 million to create her organization, the New Georgia Project. The whole Soros family funded her run for governor in 2018, and they are continuing to fund her run for, for governor right now. Not that anybody in the left cares about that anymore. They're like, oh, George Soros, I wish he was my father, is like the reaction now when you bring up George Soros. But she is very much controlled by George Soros. There's no doubt about that. All right, so now let's we'll move on to what we were going to talk about. <laughs> Colbert. Well, Colbert might have to wait for the XR now, but it's part of it, yes. <laughs> the, the top story that's all over the news, it's a, an extension of what we saw yesterday, which is about the raid of Mar-a-Lago. So we still don't know yeah. why the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago. Really, we say, well, it's documents he shouldn't have taken. See, but we don't, we don't know what the warrant says, and we haven't heard from Trump, who got the warrant. The warrant also could be very vague, though. Warrants can be vague. And we haven't heard from the Department of Justice because they just can't release any information yet because it's an ongoing investigation. And, of course, neither side has provided any transparency because it benefits them both for it to be vague. If they provided transparency, then the tension would be released, okay? People wouldn't be fighting with each other. We wouldn't allow our minds to run wild with possibilities. You know, the left is like, well, it's it's vague. We don't know what it is. So, oh, my gosh, there's dead babies all over Trump. You know, they just all, – all their hopes and dreams they can continue to project into the reason why they raided his house. And the same thing on the other side. So it benefits both when it comes to fundraising, when it comes to mobilizing, to not give us specifics on it. And uh, uh, when it comes to Trump – now, what the warrant says, I, I don't know, but it could be argued that Trump wouldn't want to release. It, it, for the reason I just suggested, could be a reason. You want to keep it vague because that keeps attention, helps them mobilize. could also be argued that when you know that you get a bogus warrant signed off by a bogus judge who already has a, a thing against you and yeah. may or may not be associated with Jeffrey Epstein, when that's the case and you know they're not going to release any information – and they've standardized that. We're not going to release any information. And they've given you a vague warrant that releasing it is only going to enable the media to say, there it is. You see how guilty it is. So, so there's, there's arguments to not release it depending on what is or is not on it. We will see it one day. 
but the fact is, they don't ever want the public to have clear conclusions about anything. Because if they yeah. give us clear conclusions that evidence backs up, then our imaginations cannot run wild to fulfill those our wildest dreams to satisfy the hate of Trump or, or the hate of the FBI or whatever. And the FBI is terrible. I don't like the. I, yeah. They're not. Nothing's monolithic. Okay. I. I. I I'm, not, I'm sure that everybody's not in agreement in the in the FBI, so I don't want to make it seem like that. I, yeah, I don't like to do that. But I mean, like, if you just look at the beginning of the FBI and J. Edgar Hoover, you know that it was not a a, a good thing when it even started. Yeah. yeah so I mean, it's not going J. to J. Edgar get Hoover was the first day. You know, he could have right. been the first day. Right. It, it's just it, it's not to say that there aren't people, good people, who get employed by him, uh, but it's a powerful freaking organization that has historically yeah. been used. For corruption, it's done some good things. Possibly, I, I you know I'd like to see a list, a back and forth list, of good, <laughs> good and bad. Nothing, nothing is pure. Nothing is all the way good. Nothing is all the way bad. They try and make us think there's no gray areas in life. So I, I don't like to paint things with a, a black or white brush like that because I do think there are gray areas. I think things are complicated. But what's not complicated is the fact that the media is our enemy. And I sound like yeah. Trump saying that. But they absolutely are. So are these politicians because all they do is lie to us. They think we're stupid. They think we're going to swallow it whole. And some people do. But we know. And I always bring this up because I do want to remind people. Because it can be easy to look at all this stuff and be like, oh my gosh, they're, it's, they're taking over, overwhelming. They know that we don't like them. They know they have to win our trust. Do not give them our trust, and they cannot win. Yeah. They cannot win. And yeah. we continue to live our lives, and we go out and we talk to people face-to-face. -face. We look outside, we realize, wow, the world's not on fire. The sun's not about to crash into my house and, and you know, light me on fire. And we realize well, this is all a facade they're creating. Life is not so right. horrible. Life can be better. And they just, demoralization is what they need. They must demoralize us. And if we accept that demoralization, then they win. And I, this is what I've been preaching a lot lately, like Stacey Abrams' mom, I guess, yeah. um, that just simply having hope and not giving in to that demoralization is an act of resistance yeah. because that, they want to take that away from us. Wow. You know I'm big on hope. You know I know you comes. are. I know you are. I um, like that. I like that. Uh, one of the things I read about the Mar-a-Lago Mar raid and what they had a warrant for, I, I read it earlier. I can't tell you where, and but they said that when Trump left office, he took about 15 boxes of documents that were confidential. And like when he had them before there when he was president, and that was okay, but he had 15 boxes, and um, at the end of it, uh, he wouldn't give them back. And so there are two missing boxes, allegedly, and that's what they went in to actually get were these two boxes that he wouldn't give. give. He gave up the other 13, apparently, uh, because they um, they threatened him with a lawsuit or something if he didn't give it. Um, but one of the, the thing that I, I pulled out of this that I read was that they said they were not judicious whatsoever in what they grabbed out of the um, out of Mar-a-Lago. So they went through all the safes. They went through everything. They grabbed anything they could. Um, I don't know if it was con constrained to paper or not, but it, it really looks to me in this situation when I hear people say from the FBI that they weren't too, too ju judicious in what they grabbed, that they were looking for something there that he has or – that they're trying That's, to make it. I mean, I'm. They're I trying to make it seem that way. That's stuff. what they're saying in CNN. It's like there's something there. They wouldn't just well, no. do this without there being something there. What I what I mean is, I'm not saying it like, oh, there's something there that 
they can get him on. I'm saying he has something like proof because they right, look right. to his safe. <laughs> he he has yeah, yeah. he has something they don't want to get out. You know what would be um, hilarious to me is if what they what they confiscated and discovered was Hillary Clinton's thirty three thousand emails. Is that's what <laughs> <laughs> just a server in the, the like, safe? Well, we, Trump was holding Hillary Clinton's emails, and yeah, that would be hilarious. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think I think that it's it's one of two things. It's either he has something they don't want him to have that could harm them in some way. That or yeah, possibly, I think it. I mean, they, he might have the boxes. I don't know. But I mean, I think otherwise, it's literally just, I mean, they could have planted something that they're going to magically find later. There's there's any number of situations, but it's definitely not whatever they're saying it is. No, it's definitely a tool for division and conflict yeah. leading up to the 2022 midterms. Is what it, and I well, see a comment here. I, I do. I want to address this comment real quick. I don't mean to interrupt, but uh, there's a comment here about um, from anywhere. It says, does Trump's droning of Somalia rise to the level of, of war crimes? Heard this recently. Yeah, I, 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 I'm yeah. against droning and killing anybody. So, so like, just to be clear, I'm not supporting that. And this is a problem that they cause in the media, and when they tell obvious lies about someone, and you say, hey, this is an obvious lie about someone, that the media can then frame you as being pro or supportive or, or like a guy, like a Trump guy. So if like you don't, if you are against mask mandates, you love Trump. Yeah. No, that, that's not true. And, and I didn't, I didn't vote for Trump or Biden in the 20, uh, the, the 2020 election. And like, I, so look, I, I don't get – I am not in the national security industry or, or, or the war community they have. I, I am I am very much pro, like, not killing people. I, I hate it. And I, I understand they can rationalize, here's why we need to kill these people, why we need to not kill those people. And I'm like, well, what if we spend our efforts into, like, you know – being cool to each other and stuff. Well, well, and maybe that's just idealistic. It, yeah. it probably is. But I, I just to be clear, I am not for any of that stuff. I, I hate right. all of it. Well, I, well, Trump's droning of Somalia probably does amount to war crimes. It probably does rise to that level. But the thing about that is they have some very legitimate things that they could go after um, Trump for, especially the that one raid where the... Uh, Nora Alawaki was killed and stabbed in the neck and bled out and died on the floor like an eight-year-old girl. Yeah. Like there's all sorts of things that you could classify as war crimes that Trump has probably done, but they can't get him on that. Do you know why? Because they would unravel all of their cover. That would open up Obama to, to prosecution. That would open up Bush to prosecution. Right. That totally. would open up all these people. Yeah, for God's sake, you remember? Like, I would never want to be president. Yeah, they, they just compromise oh, yeah. you. Like, it's, what a terrible job. But I mean, do you remember Obama? In I don't know, I can't who, tell you who? what year I it was. I don't remember who's um, Obama. Obama. Uh, yeah, I think his. La I, well, I can't remember his last name, but Obama something. Okay. Um, <laughs> but when Obama was president, uh, do you remember his his uh, uh, war crime when he bombed Obama, doctors he, he without could, he could borders? Bomb anybody? Yeah, doctors without borders. Yeah. In Afghanistan, he he mm -hmm. bombed the Doctors Without Borders. It was le legitimately the first time that one Nobel Peace Prize winner had bombed another no Nobel Peace Prize winner. <laughs> right, and it's just, and he, you know what? He was yeah. he brought up on charges. Was was this no, like he was a like war crime? About it. Yeah. No, he said, "I'm sorry," and they took that. So they, I mean, even if Trump has these horrible war crimes, they're never going to do anything about it. <laughs> 
Because their 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 yeah. gods would go down too, and I love it too when you say that when when people say the Trump thing, and you're like, yes, I disagree with Trump bombing people, um, but do you disagree with Obama bombing? What about ism? What about ism? I'm like, no, right. what, what what about ism? I'm saying I disagree with, but what about it? And they just yeah. short circuit themselves, <laughs> and they have a seizure on the floor. Uh, yeah, all uh, I'm saying, I have a great is they comment here. Real quick from Cornelius Wolfshirt says, I, I would love it if the boxes were the missing trunks taken from Nikola Tesla's raid by Trump's uncle. LOL. And that's, that's, a, that's a fun fact that a lot of people don't know. Nikola Tesla, his research was in a safe in his New York apartment. When he died, the FBI was there quicker than anybody else, and they raided all of the stuff that was in that safe. And that information was given to none other than Donald Trump's uncle who was then about 10 years later, I have a, an archived newspaper article credited for curing cancer using Nikola Tesla's research that was given by the FBI. And then he went on to make weapons with the British government. <laughs> it's, it's a, they're, all, they're all like these families. They're all intertwined and connected. It's always interesting to look at that little tree of, uh, of connections with, with these people. But what they also did on the backs of... Now, this is concerning to me. And I'll play the, the clip of... What, what they did there, apparently they confiscated the phone of, uh, is this a senator, this guy? Not Rick Scott. I don't, is it no, Rick no, Scott? No, it's not Rick Scott. It's per- uh, Scott, Scott Perry. Scott Perry. That's who it is. Let, let me play the clip real quick, and then we'll talk about it. I'd say seizing the cell phone of a Republican congressman who's best known for pushing a bogus conspiracy theory about the 2020 election. His name is Scott Perry. Seeing that Sarah Murray joins us now with more on that story. So what? I just want to pause it. What did you notice about that introduction of this person? Oh, it's become a standard when you talk about anybody who who asks questions here. You can't just say who it is. Oh, yeah. Got to well, add a little here, flavor. Here's, here's here's the thing though. Um, one of the things you'll notice is this is verbal rather than written, but this is a a common uh, verbal pattern for people on the left in, in their propaganda. It's mm-hmm. like when they mention someone like they he, they did with um Scott Perry just now. He said Scott Perry, comma, a Republican senator, a, a, a denialistic who, person who 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 hates masks and punches like they they throw right. they throw like the worst commentary into their so when you I, I, I posted yeah. a lot of show like a lot of live shows and I, I would bring you know introduce the people and whatever and never was like coming up to the stage next is uh, John Smith the election denier racist Nazi who killed a baby once and once drove drunk into a pool killing fifteen children bring him up I, I never did that in my life right. but this is how they always introduce yeah. these characters this is point it's called poisoning the well it's a very yeah. common propaganda but tactic. that's but you can you can see it in articles about anything. You can see it in tweets. You can hear him say it. It's there's a parenthetical before he gets to the point. And so like one of they always pick like the worst thing that they can think of to color that person with. So right. like totally. if it was Alex Jones, you know, um, it, Alex it's Jones, defamation essentially, right? Alex Jones, the uh, a, a conspiracy theorist who claimed that Sandy Hook was a, a hoax, comma, was in court today. And just, right. just watch for that because they're, they're and, preloading. They're um, yes, pre-bunking. They're, they're pre-bunking. Yes, that's exactly what they're doing. And, and it's, it is literally like we see it for what it is and we see yeah. it for, for stupid. But this is like a literal mind control brainwashing tactic because they, they do this stuff 
and they changed their methods based on social science strategies and techniques. I believe the guy who wrote the book called Influence, uh, his name is like Saladini or something. He was like Hillary Clinton's propagandist, and he. He, he tells them how, how, you know, you have to repeat the, it's like Hitler. I mean, it's just like what Hitler, or what they say Hitler was said, and then now what they say Trump says. But what all people who have focused on the, uh, the way the brain works and repeating information over and over and over again and presuming it's true and saying it with a certain tone, then your, your audience that already wants to believe you will accept it without question. And, and that's what they do here. So he does it. Every single person on every show. If you, it's so interesting. I'm not saying you should take a day and do this because why? Just go outside. Don't do that. But <laughs> if you watch all of the CNN shows all day long one day, you will see that they say the exact same words, the same yeah. phrases, and they say the same stories, the same patterns. It's an interesting study in propaganda, just how coordinated and patternized it is. Yeah. And, and when they have the, the repetitiveness of this, that they say in all of these these different – I mean, he's a, he's a later night show. And so this starts at 6 a.m., man. And, and at 6 a.m., you hear it over and over again. Sometimes I'm just like punching myself in the head going – what, how can they do this? Like, what, how do they look themselves in the mirror? But, but they do, and uh, they, they, you know, probably swear to to, to Satan or, or whatever it is, or they just get their <laughs> paycheck. And not even that, they can be bribed by a paycheck. And they, they might not know this, but the people who get them to do it know that those who don't question them, it creates nodes. And like I talked about A to B yesterday. It creates the A to B because they don't want people looking at the A to C. So it creates an automatic reaction. Oh, there's that election-denying racist that they've never right. even researched. They've never even thought about. And it, this is a stupid thing, I think, and you think, and probably most people listening think. But it's actually a very powerful thing. I used to play clips of the, the uh, linguistic um, George Lakoff, Lakoff, who's like a thousand years old now, where he talks about this. He talks about the strengthening nodes it actually creates. It's like a physical thing in our brain that is created, that makes it difficult to see around. And that's why they do this stuff. Yep. She kind of looks like the um, actress from House. House. Oh, oh yeah, uh, the medical show. I got to take this clip out because it... Oh, wait, no. It, um, there we go. Uh, House was a good show. I liked House. Yeah. Uh, Cameron, I think, was her name on the show, but she reminds me of her. It looks like your your clip is broken. Now, I got to remove it. I don't know what's going on with StreamYard. Whenever I've stopped a clip for the first time lately and then tried to start it again, it has like been shorting out. It's been it's like getting cognitive dissonance. It's <laughs> like it doesn't want to play itself. And so I have to I have to put it back in. So I don't Well, you know, here's a clip I can while we're doing that. I can play this while I'm looking for this clip. I can play this clip of Fauci throwing out the first pitch last night at a baseball game. <laughs> Notice he's getting booed. Home run! Boo! <laughs> <laughs> Boo! Yeah, that guy hates him. That guy hates Fauci. I love it. He hates Fauci. <laughs> he was Little so shrimp. angry. Okay, here's the uh, Anderson Cooper. Sure, Lee did better, though. Last time he threw it like all the way to the right. This time, actually, he got at least there, but... 
I saw a couple of clips of people talking about how he was booed, but they kind of did commentation over it. And I was like, did they sweeten the audio or whatever? But I found the clip, but this is an actual person who filmed it on his own camera. So you can hear the boos. Nobody likes Fauci. <laughs> and nobody likes me. I don't care. It doesn't matter. He doesn't care. He's like 90 years old. I'd say seizing the <laughs> cell phone of a Republican congressman who's best known for pushing a bogus conspiracy theory about the 2020 election. His name is Scott Perry. Senator Sarah Murray joins us now with more on that story. So what is Scott Perry saying tonight? <laughs> well, he put out a lengthy statement describing what happened. And he said this morning, while traveling with my family, three FBI agents visited me and seized my cell phone. Now he goes on to say this cell phone is full of information about political activities, personal and private discussions, legislative activities, things he says the government has no business looking into. What we don't know is what the FBI is investigating that led them to Scott Perry's cell phone. We know that Perry was, you know, integral in pushing Donald Trump's uh, claims of election fraud. We know that he actually introduced. Well, you know, I have to give her credit, by the way, of yeah. saying Donald Trump's claims of election fraud. That's right. like the most reasonable description of that that you're ever going to hear on CNN. Can I give a, a little bit of advice to Scott Perry? I know you're not going to see this. Um, if you have an iPhone, I don't know anything about Android. You can erase your phone from your computer. I'll, I can right. teach you how. Yeah, that stuff Reach actually out. goes on your computer. I didn't realize that <laughs> for like years. You can, like, you wow. can delete the phone. Just uh, make sure to delete your computer afterwards. And that is, that is what you wonder about these people. I, I guess you just get – you start to think, oh, they'll never do that or it doesn't matter. And then one day I, – I don't know. I, yes. I, I don't know how it works. These people. I'm want. just saying. <laughs> the former president to Jeffrey Clark, who was a Department of Justice official who was little known at the time, who was willing to go along with Donald Trump's election fraud claims and willing to, you know, uh, try to stage a coup, essentially. OK, so, so she started off OK there. Election <laughs> fraud yeah. claims, which apparently turned into, well, which just mean you're trying to stage a coup. There was no coup. There was no coup. Yeah. OK. Otherwise. It would be. It would have been obvious. <laughs> yeah, there, there was the whole thing on January sixth. I've said this over and over again. Benefited President Biden. It actually stopped the election challenges. It stopped it because there was going to be challenges, and then those who were going to challenge it backed off after all of this happened because they didn't want to be associated with. It. So this was all yep. beneficial to Biden, and, yep. and and they say, well, essentially, it questioning the election does not make you an insurrectionist domestic terrorist and I, I think that that's what a lot of this is about i think a lot of this is about i think that they've been conditioning us for a long time or their audiences anyway and, and they did it very directly and, and for, okay so biden laid out his domestic terrorism strategy back in january and I, I played a bunch of clips of a guy from like he was the interim head of the doj they made him the interim head of the doj instead of the official i think it was the doj it was one of those uh, uh de or department of defense or something like that they made him interim because they made him if they made it official then he would have to follow certain restrictions. So they left, yeah. they didn't make it official because that enabled him to do roundabout things and, and kind of skirt the Constitution and, and the law. And he says in, these, in this panel discussion he's doing that because of Biden's domestic terrorism strategy, him, all of the intelligence agencies, FBI, CIA, NSA, all of them, they now have broader power to preemptively search and, and uh, scrape people's social media, their online footprint to, to use their technology, their AI bots to find information about them without any evidence of criminality because of his domestic terrorism strategy. And 
that I think all of this stuff is based on that. I think all of it is going to point to that as justification. And I think this has been a long conditioning process of trying to get the American people to see anybody who questions the election, who questions masks, who is about individualism. I mean, ultimately, if we if we just extract this out all the way, and I don't like to generalize like this, but that's ultimately what it comes down to. And, and I'm not saying that that Trump is like. Genu- I don't know what Trump is. I don't know what role he's playing. I don't know what he's in on or what he's not in on. But what they portray Trump as and what they portray people who are Trumpian uh, are, are individualist. You know, if you if you can your own corn, you're a step away from white nationalism. If you how, how dare you ask, do your own research or say do your own research? That's racist. The individualism versus collectivism. It's like the oldest effing fight. In history, and that is basically what this boils down to in the way they're portraying it, and they want people who are on that individualism side of it to be domestic terrorists. They want to make – so these clips I played you yesterday, and I don't have, I don't have the, any of them to play for you today, but they talk in it about how the information fight with the Ukraine versus Russia, it's not just Ukraine versus Russia. It's you know the West versus Russia, and – the way Russia does it is they do it on moral grounds. So we need to do it on moral grounds preemptively. We need to pre-bunk them on a moral ground and show that we're fighting for what's right and for humanity and that they that they are need to be prosecuted for evil war crimes. And I think that ultimately if they had an ideal goal in mind, that they would eventually want to sway the American public, the majority of the American public, to see anybody who can be, quote, classified as Trumpian as being one and the same as Russia, as being an individualist, dangerous, dangerous domestic terrorist. I, I, God, you got me, man. I got. We just got to do a thing where I'm like, dude, don't stay, don't say Stacey Abrams until we're 20 <laughs> minutes into the show. <laughs> well, I just wanted to point this out. Um, any word uh, says Hillary is mocking us with her new hat line swag, saying, that, yeah. but her emails, and we talked about that for yes a bit yesterday. But I pulled it up just to look at the hat because I, I wondered if it was red, if it, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, yeah, she could have done it better. But can we look <laughs> at this real quick? Just look at this. I don't know if yeah. you can see it as well as I can. It says Butter emails. But yeah. The graphic designer. It's terrible. Who put together this this mock-up, put a drop shadow on the words. You can actually, can, I don't know if you can see the drop shadow under this, but this makes it look like it's not real at all. Like it's not a real hat or it's just a, it's just pl- pasted on top of a picture. Okay. Because I mean, if you right. look, look, look right underneath here, you see how that B and that H, they have individual shadows. Yeah. That's that. It's just really like, it's just bad Photoshop. But right. They, they have somebody throw it together and it was all for the tweet though. Yeah. And here's the thing. They don't have to make a quality hat. Because no. people will buy it. They could literally smear it in feces where it says it, and people will be like, oh, yeah, they'd buy it. Because it, it's well, all about the tribal war. It's all about the, the mimetic war. And Hillary, while it's very, it's just, it's like from a movie, you know. People think, we all think that, like, we would recognize the, the dystopian takeover it would just be so obvious to us by the way movies and by the way history seems to portray it. Or Jordan yeah. Peterson talks about, and he's absolutely right, about people thinking that they would recognize the Nazis. It's like, I think you are the Nazi. Like, you would be the Nazi. It, it take, so when you're in a society where most people are becoming the Nazis, these people who are just bandwagoning everything, they just agree with everything, think that they would have the balls to stand up to what the majority of people had been convinced of back then. 
They would not. They would absolutely be the, be the Nazis. And that is, why, that is why this type of propaganda works. It's because the Nazis don't think they're the Nazis. And, and, <laughs> and when they don't think they're the Nazis, you can sell them a, a trashy hat like that, and they'll buy it because they think it's a symbol against what they are. Can I, can I share? Oh, let me see if I can find a – oh, here we go. Um, I'm going to share a video with you if you're cool with that. Yeah, yeah, let's do from it. From the um, – Mitchell and Webb show, which is a British show. Um, let me let me let me check this. You go. Hey, why you why you looking for that? I'll I'll show you my screen of this. Uh, part of the Stacey Abrams story that I I didn't I didn't mention was that the night before she did a speech and she tested negative before the speech and made it very clear she would never recklessly expose her followers, her uh, mind controlled slaves, to her COVID and. She did not wear a mask at her speech. Everybody in the crowd, though, wore masks. They made that clear. So we have Stacey Abrams again displaying her elitism, the same kind of elitism that she displayed here. Where's this photo here? Let me pull it up. Uh, uh, when she was at this school where Ugh. you have Stacey Abrams posing in front of a bunch of, a bunch of masked children. Essentially, they said she did the same thing in her speech. She's the only unmasked person, so she put nobody at danger. And so that can they can kind of explain away this photo now. So when she gets criticized about this in the future, she's just trying to she all the children are masked so that so that she can't give them COVID. They should put staples uh, on her mouth <laughs> because she spews nothing but BS. I just don't. I don't care. I don't care that she looks, uh, you can't tell what her sexuality is. I don't care that she's a bigger woman, that she's very tall. I, I, I tell you she's very smart. I compliment her on that. She is a liar and one of the most askew con artists that you are going to see. And it pisses me off when my friends love her. I, I gotta stop talking about Stacey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me, let me grab this, this window. Tell me if, it, if this makes any noise um, when I play it. All right. All right. Yeah, let's go. I can see it. I cannot hear anything. Cannot hear anything? All right. So there's the share thing on there that shares your microphone also so it can reverberate on StreamYard. I don't know. That's happened to me before. Did it give you the share audio option? Well, no, it's it's messing up, but I'll, I'll figure it out for the XR. All right. Figure it out for the XR. We'll, we'll do it in the XR. And what was the... What were we finishing up with here to finish up the, the DB? What, where were uh, this we? This girl. We were, we were At here. the Justice Department. Okay, so you. it's not clear if it is perhaps related to that. You know, we Let's take it back a step in, in here. So, so she was just talking. So she had just actually described it. People who, you know, she, she was not radical in her description of people who think the, who questioned the election. Then she got very radical after that is where we were. Introduced the former president to Jeffrey Clark, who was a Department of Justice official who was little known at this is a short clip. I'm just going to take it back all the way. Anderson Cooper and his... Today, seizing the cell phone of a Republican congressman who's best known for pushing a bogus conspiracy theory about the 2020 election. His name is Scott Perry. Senator Sarah Murray joins us now with more on that story. So what is Scott Perry saying tonight? Well, he put out a lengthy statement describing what happened. And he said, this morning, while traveling with my family, three FBI agents visited me and seized my cell phone. Now he goes on to say, this cell phone is full of information about political activities, personal and private discussions, legislative activities, things he says the government has no business looking into. What we don't know is what the FBI is investigating that led them to Scott Perry's cell phone. We know that Perry was you know, integral in pushing Donald Trump's uh, claims of a 
election fraud. We know that he actually introduced the former president to Jeffrey Clark, who was a Department of Justice official who was little known at the time, who was willing to go along with Donald Trump's election fraud claims and willing to, you know, try to stage a coup, essentially, at the Justice Department. So it's not clear if it is perhaps related to that. You know, we reported earlier this summer that Jeffrey Clark's home was searched, so he's been under scrutiny from investigators. The other thing we don't know about what's going on with Scott Perry's phone is what investigators will be able to get from it. CNN previously reported that Perry had had a number of discussions with Mark Meadows, the former White House chief of staff, and in those discussions, they used an encrypted messaging app. So mm. we don't know if, you know, those messages could still be on his phone. Oh, they they used Signal, wasn't it? They used Signal, right. So we don't know if those could still be on Scott Perry's phone. And again, we don't know if that is what investigators were looking for or if it could be something else altogether. So there are still a lot of questions, but obviously a big deal that they're coming for a sitting congressman's cell phone. Yeah, Sir Murray, appreciate it. Thank you. Scott Perry, good job on using Signal. Because yeah, right. even can, if they they took your phone, yeah, they cannot get into Signal. Period. They can't. Yeah, right. They can't get into Signal. Absolutely. They, they, that's like. I, so we used to get these messages to like use Signal, use this and that. And I'm like, look, I, I've been re- I've read like a dozen articles. This is what I used to tell people. And I saw a panel discussion on it where they talk about how they need to get into Signal, and so even if they can't hack places like Signal or these other encrypted apps, they can send informants in there. To right. pretend to be one of them. And this is what they do. It's not just about hacking it. It's they go in there and they pretend to be the people. And then they say, hey, I got a bomb if you want it. It's stuff like that. Yeah. And they bring it to them. And they, they do it in video games. They target young kids who are impressionable in, in these gaming apps. And just the fact that they – I don't know what this guy did. And look, they could very well find just horrible evidence on here of this guy doing criminal activity. And he might be a bad dude. I don't, I don't know much about this guy. But the, just the fact that they took his phone from him and they're not telling us why. Maybe there was like reason. Maybe they had a warrant that's very justifiable. But they don't show us this stuff on purpose because it's like, it's like a strategy of terror. Uh, this yeah. is you know, one of the control techniques that they use, a strategy of terror. It's one of the first shows we ever did with the propaganda board, I think it was called Strategy of Terror, where, where if they create this idea that you, you just can't say or do anything, that they don't have to police us because we'll police ourselves because we're terrorized by what might happen. So even if they have a valid reason, and they've been doing this stuff lately where they are very vague, like the abortion case from a few weeks ago, the 10-year-old, very vague about it. It was obvious bait, and they say, ha, 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 you said it wasn't real. Here's the proof. I yeah. feel like we're going to see something uh, along the lines of that with, with a case like this where it's like, well, now here's the proof. But you did it vague on purpose to terrorize us. So F you, Anderson Vanderbilt, and whoever this blonde chick is. I don't know. I, I, these people. So I, I want to play one more clip before we go to the XR because I, I'm proud of myself here. I shouldn't be proud of myself about this. It's so <laughs> obvious. It's just so obvious. There's nothing to be proud about. But in the show that I... I uh, uploaded on Monday, I was like, you know, this toilet story and Trump flushing evidence and all this stuff about how he's guilty of just something very general. We don't know what. It's like, so one of the comparisons I made is like, it usually in an actual court of law, you have a crime that's committed. Okay, so you have the crime. And what you're doing is you are trying to see if the people associated with it committed this crime. That, that's what the investigation is looking towards that. What they're doing with Trump and all of this stuff is they're like, we have a person that we know is guilty of something. Now we're just fishing for a crime that we can say that he committed. 
That that's that's like void of due process. That's fu constitution. That, that's not how justice works. But that's how oh. the Jan Six Committee and and all of that is attempting to work, and they're trying to transfer it to the actual uh, Justice Committee. And, and I said Monday, I was like, "Here's what they're going to do. They're going to roll out Bernstein. They're gonna, it's 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 like Nixon. They're going to roll out Bernstein's decrepit ass to say oh, it's worse than Nixon." You should read the new prologue. He literally wrote a prologue in his book about Watergate that was published like in the 60s or 70s, the 70s. And it's about Trump. So if you bought the book about Watergate today, it opens with a story in the prologue about how Trump is worse than Watergate. I mean, how, how crazy is that? <laughs> These people. Well, they've got to rewrite history, man. It's they just gotta. not. I almost. Yeah. It's almost impressive. It, it's almost like yeah. wow, God, you have no conscience at all. And I said they're going to roll out Bernstein to com- comment on this, and they did. They rolled him out today, and I just love hearing Bernstein comment because nothing discredits these people more than Bernstein, in my opinion. <laughs> Here he is, Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper is so serious. I just don't know how you can't laugh at Bernstein. He, he's got to be like just biting his tongue the whole time. Look at him! It's just <laughs> uh, who's the other guest? That's uh, is that the guy with that had a stroke that has aphasia? Is that who that is? Uh, or is that Cheney? It's Cheney, I think. This dead gum clip <laughs> is not working. This is ticking me off. Well, man. let me say something while you pull that back up. Uh, I did see a a headline on CNN, and the headline was "Former President Donald Trump Invokes Fifth Amendment Rights and Declines to Answer Questions from New York Attorney General." So, in a deposition, he pled the fifth, and instead right. of writing. The, the name of this article as American p- past American president um, uses constitutional right to, <laughs> right, yeah. to, to be silent. So but what guilty. uses Miranda <laughs> rights, right? Um, they say this because they, you don't need to read the rest of the article for this because what people walk away with when they read this is he invoked the fifth amendment and declined to answer. So, you know, the only people who plead the fifth, the only people who decline to answer are guilty people. Right. And they, they do it in a vague enough way where people associate it with the raid yesterday. And it's completely disassociated from that. It's a civil trial about right. businesses, but they don't give that information. And then they, and given, look, they play uh, clips of Trump saying that. Uh, clips of Trump uh, saying, why does so-and-so plead the fifth if he's not guilty? So Trump, you know, he made his own bed there right. he, he, at his rallies. But you're right. They they all do that. They all, they all act like our constitutional amendment is an admission of guilt. Right. And, and it's just, God, go Hunter Biden yourself, you pricks. I just, just people. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's the Bernstein thing. Then we'll go to the. Hopefully, it works this time. Why is this? Well, that you, you are those two manatees sixty nine each other on this image. What what is this image here? They are. I will explain that in the XR. <laughs> Source: The search of Mar-a-Lago came after authorities believe the former president or his team failed to return materials that were prop- government property, and it was believed the documents had national security implications. Now. The search warrant pertained to both the handling of classified documents and the Presidential Records Act. The law was established after President Nixon's Watergate scandal to ensure that presidential records are the property of the U.S. government and not held as private property. Now, in another historical parallel, the Mar-a-Lago search came on the 48th anniversary of Nixon's resignation. Meantime, in a statement yesterday, the former president proceeded to kind of mangle Watergate history 
Quoting now, what is the difference, he said, between this and Watergate, where operatives broke into the Democrat National Committee? Here in reverse, Democrats broke into the home of the 45th president of the United States. Joining me now is journalist and co-author of All the President's Men, the definitive account of the Watergate scandal, Carl Bernstein, who's oh, also seen in political analyst, also seen in contributor, former Nixon White House counsel, John Dean. Okay, so we really have a lot of credibility going on here. I, and I want to point out again that Trump, he made the comparison. Not that CNN wasn't going to do that anyway. They, they were obviously right. going to do that anyway, but he made the comparison. And I want to say this. This is my new theory. I think CNN where, or not CNN, I think that Anderson Cooper wears contact lenses that make his eyes blue. I think he probably has brown eyes. Yeah. Or black eyes. The black eyes yeah, are dead, dead black eyes, probably more likely. Yeah. <laughs> Carl, what is your reaction, first of all, to the search and what you're hearing from people uh, in the former president's orbit? Well, the first thing is, this is a deadly serious matter. In the view, this, of, Has he ever started a sentence about Trump not like that? Has he ever been like, I don't think this is, this is you guys are blowing this up. Every single time he, he reacts to something about Trump, it's always deadly serious and democracy is about to be destroyed. He's never, that's how you know. When somebody never responds in a different way, it's, it's just, guys, guys, I mean, good for him. He's making a living in his old age. <laughs> Even former top officials of the Trump administration. I spoke today to one of the senior most intelligence officials throughout the Trump presidency. And the point he made without knowing Boo! what these materials are is that it is virtually impossible in his view that the FBI and the Justice Department would take this action without knowledge or belief that the materials contain the most sensitive national security information. Of, of real magnitude, that this could not be done unless there was reason to believe that the national security could be grievously injured mm-hmm. if these documents got out. Okay, so of course, this is he, he is literally repeating verbatim what Phil Mudd and 16 other anchors said on CNN and MSNBC last night and today, but it's just coming from Bernstein. And I, I talked to a guy who's a senior most official in the, in the, but who? Who is it? Who is the senior most official, sir? No, this is just, God, it's like funny to me. I wish this was on Nickelodeon and we could just dump like putty <laughs> on his head because that would make this like make more sense to me. Yeah. Uh, well, there was just. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. In this person's view, but it's speculative. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this would know, be yeah. about the lawyers not being totally truthful, but rather not being truthful or that there is knowledge that the government now has that what is being withheld is of serious, serious importance. So he said nothing. He just said absolutely nothing. And that was like a minute and a half clip. He said nothing. And then we have these two guys on the right with the glasses down and and Anderson Cooper with his snide little uh, chin up approach. He always uses. He said nothing. They treated it serious. I, I would break. So like I've been in a lot of, improv scenes and scenes on film where you don't like if something strikes you 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 don't want you try not to break it's like if you can not break sometimes you you smirk a little it can be good it can you know like the audience in on it and and laugh but like you don't want to break i am super impressed by these two a-holes over here on the right next to bernstein about their ability to keep a stone dead straight face through that little spiel right there because that was hilarious to me yeah. Well, let, let me read you a tweet I saw the other day because people, I don't know who Matt Martins is, uh, but people are using 
uh, again, the Bible Christianity against people right, for yeah. saying that they don't believe this. And so <laughs> yeah. uh, this guy tweeted to claim that the Trump search warrant is the stuff of banana republics is to suggest that the federal prosecutors who sought the warrant and judge who signed the warrant lacked a legal justification and a good faith basis for doing so. That's a serious allegation to make against the prosecutor and the judge. To make that allegation without evidence is bearing false witness in violation of the Ninth Commandment. No, it's not. Oh my gosh, dude. That might be... Okay. That's so like... Yeah, we talked about that uh, uh, last week, the Christian nationalism angle. They're trying to demonize that. Yeah, I hadn't thought about this though. So Stacey Abrams is more than just a uh, a black female whose gender or not well gender but whose sexuality is is you can't really tell and who is immune from criticism because of the way that she looks she also comes from a family of of christian preachers who who went to the divinity school at emory after they they got they got a scholarship after she was accepted into a program and it, so it was very like exclusive and political or inclusive yeah. No, exclusive, excuse me. Uh, and they got moved to Atlanta. It was very strange. And some of the information is very hard to find. But sh she would be a perfect spokesperson for that type of position that you're saying to try and rope Christians in to thinking that it's not Christian to do anything that's not Democrat and progressive. Yep. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a uh, common. Yeah, it's, it's a very common thread. Absolutely. That's That's interesting right there. All right. And Catherine says, uh, what's, what's his ass is losing his upper lip? Has, has lost it, really? Right, yeah, they all look like they... Well, Anderson kind of has like a tiny upper lip, but they these guys are good for them, you know? People should be able to work in their old age. John, is, was this a, a reverse Watergate break-in, as the former president was saying? Not even <laughs> close, Anderson. Uh, this was authorized... It was an authorized court proceeding to search and seize uh, materials. And obviously, as Carl says, they were important materials. The Watergate was a bungled break-in by a bunch of, uh, of actually clowns, in a way, uh, <laughs> in their effort to get into the Democratic National Committee and repair a bug and take some photographs uh, after having been earlier in the Democratic National Committee. Very different uh, parallels. And Trump referring to Watergate, of course, focuses on the break-in. And Watergate became so much more than a bungled break-in. It became a cover-up. It became an abuse of power by a president. And I, I I can't hear this guy say bungled anymore. It's disgusting to me <laughs> saying bungled. But I, I see, I look at Bernstein here, and I imagine that he has no lower half of his body, that he's like Captain Pike, but a little bit better off in the original Star Trek series where he's just a computer bot rolls around and the upper half of his torso is just on top of it because the rest of him doesn't exist. They just roll him out there for this. And we have a comment here in Rockfan, which is very relevant, and I, I, I agree with here, from Denver Attaway. He says he, all that matters is that Bernstein, uh, relaying the message here, it's a branding thing. People might not be as likely to believe it coming from CNN, but from Bernstein, well, if you don't follow politics, exactly. If you don't follow politics and you hear the guy uh, and you associate him with the white, the white yep. water and the Pentagon paper and stuff, then you believe them. And, and I think that's right. I, I think that that's, I, I don't think that these efforts by these people are efforts to actually influence people 
to yeah. to a position, I, I think they're get out the vote efforts. I think their efforts yeah. to remind people that they must get out and and do activism and, and vote. So they must be more aggressive. It's provocative tactics that ultimately is a few steps away from provoking violence. And a lot and, and other tactics they use is directly provoking violence. And then they try and act like it's only the other side that does that. Not to say that the other side uh, doesn't do this. I, I think that we are on a slow kind of, of moving effort to get to bring the most radicals of each side to the forefront so that they can then fight with each other yep. and, and call it a civil war uh, of sorts. I don't think the whole country will go to a civil war, but I think they will try and portray it in the media as though that might be happening. I don't know. I can't stand these people. Uh, the the point about Christianity and using it, I, I there's a it reminded me of a meme. Um, do you remember? Uh, a couple of years ago, there was this picture of a guy with glasses wearing pajamas and everyone made fun of him. Um, it was like a, a, a promotional picture. So well, someone hand drew it. And uh, so this is a this is a great meme. Um, so it's, it has that dude with glasses. It says, no, I'm not a Christian and I have nothing but contempt for your backwards religious beliefs. So, yeah, this argument wouldn't work on me. But maybe if I use it on you, you'll do what I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Cornelius Wolf shirt here says, ha ha, and then puts a picture of a clown, takes one to know one. Yeah, it is. It's bold for these guys to call call people clowns. And really, that is that is the main uh, difference they have from normal human beings is their ability to just be psychopaths or sociopaths, wh whichever. I know there's a difference in two, but their ability to say blatant lies. Some people buy in and they get cognitive dissonance and they actually believe it. I think people like Bernstein, I think people like Stelter, uh, Jake Tapper, I think these guys know very well what they're doing. People judge them as journalists. Terrible journalists. They're not journalists. They're propagandists. And when you judge them through that lens, they're actually pretty good at their job. They're pretty good at their job, whether they're trying to provoke people like me, people like you, or whether they're trying to, to uh, create activism and on the streets direct action tactics. Which is this country in the past five years has become a direct action activist country. And they have slowly gotten more and more people. I had a guy who I used to do improv with, do comedy with, a funny guy. He, so like a couple of years ago, this guy, out of nowhere, I hadn't talked to him in a couple of years. He just posted on a LinkedIn page that I had that I was a white nationalist. And, and, and so I blocked him. Um, but he, the only reason he posted it is because of shows that we had posted uh, about the title. I ended up, I talked to him on the phone shortly thereafter. And I'm like, well, I, I don't use LinkedIn. So, but if I did, that's really a, a, a you know, a prick thing to do to somebody when yeah. you've never actually listened to the show at all. And, and I realized that he had been going to activist trainings and that he had been taught that the, the ends justify the means, the Solinsky the Solinsky method, and that he needs – I even saw some posts that he made on Instagram where it's like we need to go out and we need to do – it doesn't matter. We need to just do – like just promoting gaslighting, promoting all this. So he jumped on just out of nowhere. I hadn't talked to him in a couple of years again. It starts uh, literally repeating verbatim quotes I had heard on CNN, and I did a search of it. He had copied and pasted it. It was just out of nowhere, and it's just like a, a, a they cause a screw to be loose in these people's heads, and I think it's a small minority of people. I do think it's a small minority of people, and I do think they can be reached when you talk to them, but they keep people in these digital halos where, where they, they, this reality is constructed for them that is just so far from what is actually real that it, it, it makes them 
their minds are captured. And, yep. and, I, and I, I truly feel for them. I, I think it's, I just think it's, um, yeah, I feel for them because they didn't sign up for it, you know? Yep. They, they did take actions themselves ultimately, but God, you know, I, I, well, I, it's, I it's, know. it's, you know, what it is is the, um, the cone of shame. The, the the thing they the cone they put around dogs necks when they have surgery so they won't <laughs> yeah. chew off the stitches yeah, that's right. what this propaganda is right. this is the 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 digital it's a digital dog cone yeah the digital dog cone I like that yeah we need to coin that phrase the digital dog cone I've not yeah it's a good no it is dog cone and, and and they're convinced and so in this Ukraine disinformation stuff and they talk about this all they talk about Solinsky talk about all these is it you have to focus on the moral aspect of it. People have to believe they have the moral high ground because yep. if they believe they have the moral high ground and they believe what they're fighting against is a threat to their very well-being and their values and their way of life and is evil, then they will kill those people. I mean, that, that, is, all, that is what every war propaganda piece of literature you will ever read, that is the main underlying theme of war propaganda is they have to see them as vermin. There's even a Black Mirror episode about it. And, and the way you make them see them yeah. as vermin is they have the moral high ground under whatever their God is, God of whatever, God of science, and then they have to stop these evil enemies. And I don't think America is going to go into a full-fledged civil war. I think that war is fought very differently now. But I, I, I do think that the digital war is where it's going to be fought, and, and that, which I think is good because I think that makes more and more people realize that there's a life outside of the digital world that is not at all like what the digital world portrays anyway. Okay, so we're going to go do a DMBXR. We went way long. <laughs> and I'm blaming you, Cam, because you said yes. Stacey Abrams early in the show. You can blame me because I'm I'm just so handsome that you, you are very handsome. wanted to look at me longer. You are very handsome. I love looking at you, Cam. I, you're <laughs> a beautiful man. And I don't want to get near you because I feel like I'm like get pregnant with you know, like 18 kids. <laughs> did, you, did, did you see my tweet earlier I did. today? That's why I said that. Okay. I, like, I saw that tweet uh, a few minutes before the show started. It made me laugh. What, what was it again? I just saw it pop up on my um, phone. You hug your wife and she gets pregnant? So the, the, it was it was a tweet from I I think her name was like Kong or Kang or something, um, but she's a um, she's she was tweeting about monkeypox, and she this is the part of the scare in the middle of the tweet thread. She said San Francisco resident David Watson co contracted monkeypox through the casual contact of hugging a friend. He went to the ER three times with extreme pain that opioids could barely touch. It took twelve days to get T-pox. His husband and two dogs were also affected. And so I just said, every time I casually hug my wife, she gets pregnant. I, I totally yeah, believe this guy's I, yeah, story. No, I, I think that, that's funny. It's, <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Maybe it's true also. I know that's funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go in the DMB XR. And what we're going to do in the XR is I just, every now and then I like to watch Colbert because Colbert is, is CNN late night. Yep. Literally same talking point. Sometimes I'll watch Kimmel and the other guy, uh, Fallon. Fallon is not quite as bad. Fat Jimmy Fallon, so for a while, he was not giving in to doing all political stuff. But then you could yeah. tell that there was a, a definite switch where he was forced to. Do you remember the, when the switch was? No, do you? Yeah. It was when he, he had Donald Trump on his show, and he asked Donald Trump if he could touch his hair. And so oh, Jimmy Fallon right. touched you're, his hair. Yes! And then he was browbeaten into submission. 
Uh, great memory. That's exactly when it was, and his his content changed after that. Interesting stuff. So yeah, we're gonna talk about that, and, and I, I like to play clips from some of these guys just to to show how it's Colbert too. It's just it's like I don't know. What it's like watching, but it, it, it if you can look at it through a lens of I'm watching a parody or I'm watching a nonfiction or a, a, not nonfiction, but a fiction show, a fantasy fiction. Yeah, then I think you can get more humor out of it and. I don't think Stephen Colbert does funny stuff. I think he's a funny guy who who decided to stop. He's a wasted funny talent. Stuff. Like years ago, I think he's like, I'm done being a comedian. I'm now being a CNN late night, and so I'm going to play his monologue, the celebratory mon- monologue that they did after Trump. His house was raided. It's it's pretty extraordinary. And that's what we're going to do in the XR. If you want to get access to the Drive Time News Blast XR, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/PropagandaReport. The audio only version will be uploaded there later tonight, probably about an hour after the show is completed. And or if you want to watch the video version of the XR, you can go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and you can subscribe there. So that is what we're going to do now. Thank you guys for listening. I got a little worked up today and uh, thank you, Cam, <laughs> for, for putting up with me and for joining me. And thank you for all the great comments and, and, and stuff. Um, a lot of great stuff going on in the chat. Like, yeah, if you go, if you do go to Rockfin, read through the, uh, the chat over here. A lot of great stuff there. We'll talk to you guys next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day. 